Good evening, we are doing Berak Ravi Ayof Ilchot Eruvin of Harambam, Mishnah Torah, Sefer Zamanim. Just a very, very brief recap on what Ilchot Eruvin are about. So mostly, for the most part, the treatise of Eruvin, all the halachot of Eruvin, concern the, the joining, the partnering, partnering, partnering up, or some kind of a union between more than one Rashuyot HaYahid. So normally, you can carry transport within it however much you want. From one to another, you should also be allowed to. But Hachamim forbade when two Rashuyot HaYahid are joined together, and one of them looks a little bit like it's, uh, it's exceeding your own domain. So from one to the other might give rise to the impression by others that one is transporting from Rashuta Yahid to Rashuta Rabim, and therefore they might think that that's permitted, and therefore they might come to actually transgress something in the Torah, and therefore Chachamim required in Bet Dinoshel Shlomo to uh, have a Ayruv, what's called the Ayruv Hasidot. Just one point about Bet Dinoshel Shlomo Harambam, obviously citing Chachamim, says this was done in the time of Shlomo. Beyond it being a statement of history of when exactly that was done. And more importantly, the reason I'm saying that is because it doesn't really matter when this was done. I want to point out that for many things, Hachamim said or attributed certain tekanot to Bedinoshli Shlomo. Another example that comes to mind is Natilat Yadaim. And one theory as to why that is, is that these things were normally um, staples of the poorer people. For example, the fact that you have to share hasser with somebody else means that you're sort of not the wealthiest guy in town, or the fact that you have to um, eat uh, bread, that that's what you have for, for lunch, that's also something that, that doesn't mean uh, you're very wealthy. And so hachamim, to give some status to, to these acts that otherwise say, hey, by doing this, I'm sort of publicizing and, and uh, telling to everyone that I'm not so rich. They said these were actually instituted by no less than Shilomo HaMelech, who was the most successful and richest king in the richest era of Am Israel, of the Commonwealth of the Jewish people, and uh, which gave status to these to these acts like Aruvin and like Natilat Yadain. Anyways, the subject of this chapter, chapter four, is going to be. Uh, well, the first half of the chapter is going is going to be about the actual ownership division. Again, you have to always remind yourself of what the the the, the concern behind Iruvin is. Um, so, if you had, let's say, a single person has two homes and he lives in both, obviously you would not need Iru from one to the other. The concern is completely gone. Uh, in fact, that, that's what happens in our homes. You know, each room, halachically speaking, is like a bite. And you can have a house with 10, 15, 20 rooms. And you can obviously transport from one to the other, given that they all are under the same ownership. What happens if I have my room and my brother has his room and his uncle has his room and his son has his room, all within the same house? So if there is a certain kinship between these people, it also uh, it it uh, it makes the need for a a little bit less so, and that's the subject of the first 
half of this chapter. <clears throat> People living within a Hasser, that all of them, they share in the same meal always. Even if all of them have a house in and of themselves, this is, by the way, uh, very, very typical in, let's say, a hotel where everyone has their own room, but then there is a, a dining room for everyone. It's also typical for uh, dorms in schools. Everyone has their own house, their own room, but maybe they share in the same cafeteria and so on and so forth. And they do not need Aruv. Why? Because they are as though they belong to the same home. And just like one's uh, wife or sons or, or family members or his servants, they, they do not they don't present this foreign element enough to make him forbidden to carry, to transport from one room to another. And he doesn't need to with them, he doesn't need to, to do a symbolic act signifying that he's unionizing with them. So too, these people that eat together all the time, they, they share their meals. They are as if of the same family, given that they always eat from the same table. And uh, so too, if all of these people that eat in the same uh, cafeteria or dining room or table, if they need to now do Iruv with their neighbors, with whom they don't share their meals, then all of them, the first group, are considered as though they are one big family. They can use they can uh, assume that as though they are one family and as one family they enter into the Iruv with someone else and they just need one pat. And furthermore, also, if the Iruv is coming, let's say that this group is one out of five Haserot, and, uh, and the first hasid is the one where everyone eats together, the other four don't, and the five hasidot want to do Iruv all together, and the other four bring the pat to the first one. So the first one, by virtue of hosting that pat of the Iruv, as we've seen in prior chapters, don't need to give Iruv in, uh, by themselves. Um, as, as, as we said before, because they are the ones containing the pats. Now, different way by which people can join. So we spoke about people can join by virtue of sharing meals together, sharing a, a, a cafeteria or a dining room. Also, the act of giving the Ayruv, of uh, having an Ayruv, also creates a unit that can then act as a unit vis-a-vis -vis with respect to others. So if five people have Ayruv and, and then and they, uh, and the, they join together over a pat and they want to bring it somewhere else, that one pat is enough to join these five with the second Hasser 
because by having given all five of them the path initially, they became a unit. A father and his son living in different homes, or a student and his master also living in different homes, but they are sharing the Hatser together. They also are considered as though they are one unit and they don't need to have Aruv. They are like one home, one family. And Although sometimes they share a meal, sometimes they don't. They have enough of a kinship, naturally speaking. The relationship of father-son, teacher-student is strong enough that they are considered as one. Brothers or siblings, each of whom has their own home, and they do not share meals as a family over the, the table of, of their father. Also to women or servants that they also have their own residences within the same Hatser, and they don't always eat together. But they do share sometimes meals, for example, when they work, in the case of servants, they come and do a certain work, then they come and eat from their table for a set number of days. Um, like someone who, who eats meals by his friend for, for a week or for a month. If they are the only inhabitants, the only residents of the Hatser, then they are considered as one unit and they don't need a separate Eruv to rejoin them together and make them into a unit. The Im Eruv, Im Chaser Aheret, Eruv Hatechulan. And furthermore, after they've done so, if they then decide to join that Chaser with another Chaser, that's fine. They can they can uh, still remain as that original unit. The Im Bala Eruv Eslan. And not in part, likewise, if, the, if they are the recipients of the Ayruv, they don't need to give, just like is the Halakha for someone who is hosting the Ayruv. However, if they are not the only residents of the same Hasser, let's say you have a, uh, two, two siblings, a, a brother, a brother, and then you have three other uh, strangers in the, five houses in the Hasser, then Sarichin Pat then that kinship is a little bit broken. They need to unify once again, and they are treated as everyone else. Because they don't have the other qualification, which is that they eat together at all times. Five uh, groups that, that uh, that did Shabbat, that uh, did Shabbat within one, one uh, whole. So this is very classical in our days. Let's say five groups that go and, and go to a hotel for, for a uh, for a, a wedding or something. So they are spending the whole Shabbat in one huge uh, area, or let, let's say in a 
a senior trip or something. They, they, they go somewhere and they, they all sleep in sleeping bags in one single gym. That's a Traklin had. In Hayam of Sik, Ben Kol Havura, Havura Mehisa Magada, Tikra, Harekol Havura Mehenke Ilu Hibeher, if Nasmo, Valia, if Nasma, Lefi Hachs, Rehimpat Mikol Havura, Havura. If they are divided by walls that reach till the ceiling, in other words, full walls, then even though it's one huge hole, we do see those walls as creating different rooms within it, and they need, they need a roof just as if they were in natural haser. But if the walls don't reach all the way to the ceiling, then they can have one bread for everyone, as all of them are considered as though they are within one single house. Halakha had slightly different topic. Someone whose neighbor's haser is not really a haser. And by haser, when we talk about the haser, we are talking about an area right outside one's home, which is also a private area. It's used for some private uh, uh, things, for example, eating the, the meals. And sometimes it's shared with other areas, but it's not. It is not a place that serves as a traffic area for the public, for anyone who doesn't own that hazer. So if someone does have that bechar, bechar means a passageway. If someone, so let's say Abraham and, and Ishaq, Abraham has a hazer, Ishaq has a hazer, Ishaq's hazer, which is adjacent to Abraham's, is also open to the public and people can pass through it. Or other kinds of, uh, of areas which whose function is not a function of privacy, but rather also a place that people feel free to, to go through them. So, Interestingly, this is counterintuitive a little bit, but now, so it's Haqs Haser is not really a Haser. If it's not really a Haser, then we are outside the Tekana of Eruvin, and it's Haq with Abraham with respect to his Haq does not need the Eruv because there is only one Haser here. However, if it's Haq, the one who has this, let's say, uh, this passageway, this Haser that's open to the public, if he carves to himself an area within the Hatser where he does act in a private manner, for example, he eats there his meals, etc., then suddenly functionally that Hatser becomes a Hatser again and he needs Ayruv. So, however, interestingly, when we talk about a private function, sleeping is not considered a private function. So you really need a place to eat or something like that uh, where you really are um, carving to yourself something for your own privacy. And what signifies privacy is eating, not sleeping. Lefichach, <clears throat> Therefore, if if it's not if it's not a a, a bechar, uh, sorry, if it's if if it's an actual bechar, or the or the mirpeset, 
thinks that their function is intrinsically, inherently something that permits people to pass by, then even if the, the Itzhak, the second guy, try to carve to himself a private area for private functions, that's not enough. You cannot uh, convert something that's very obviously uh, some, somewhere for people to pass by into something private just by the function, as opposed to, for example, Bet Habakar or Bet Aisim, a stable, uh, sorry, a place where you where you put the cows inside or you, or you store wood, where it's like a semi-private area already, and then by eating there, you're making it into more private, thereby obligating your neighbor to have to do Ayruv with you. Let's imagine right now you have 10 Haserot, one enclosing the other. So you have one Haser around it, another Haser around it, another Haser, and so on and so forth. 10, even 10. So just imagine what, what's happening. If you want to go from the innermost house to the street, you have to pass through the next nine. If you want to go from the second one to the street, you have to pass through the next eight, and so on and so forth. So the most private house is the innermost one. That one and the one adjacent to it, in other words, the second one, the second innermost one, those two, vis-a-vis -vis each other, they have halukabet yudim, they have two really private areas, each of them, and they now need the ayruv between them. But with respect to each of the other ones, the other eight, they are sufficiently public because the third one has already three people that are going to use it, the innermost one, the second innermost one, and the third one, and so on and so forth. They don't have to put a roof. Why so? Because given that multiple people go through them, they are like bechar, like a passageway, and therefore they do not forbid a private property in terms of needing a roof. However, the, the, the ninth one, <clears throat> the ninth house in that setup um, is also endorsing Borabim, is also a place where uh, not a lot of people pass by. And then, and then it also would need uh, a Ayruv. This is kind of an interesting setup, very difficult to explain. If you have access to the Macbillia edition, you'll do yourself a favor by looking at the pictures inside. It's very, very easy once you see the picture, but extremely difficult to explain and very difficult, I, I presume, to understand when someone is explaining it. So the setup is you have, let's assume you have nine houses, you have three haserot, one next to the other. Each haser has three houses. So you have shete haserot. Um, you have the, the two outermost haserot. And in the middle, in between them, you have three houses. Okay, so you have uh, one haser, three houses, and then another haser. 
And each of these houses is open to each other and, and uh, the two outermost houses, the first and the third house are open respectively to the Haserot. So let's say the Hatser from the right, they want to bring the Ayruv and put it in the middle house, at the very middle of this setup, keeping the first house, so they go to the second house. And so the last Hatser will also, the Hatser from the left will also do the same, and will bring the, the, the bread or whatever to the middle house. So it turns out that none of these three houses now needs the Ayruv. Why is that? The middle house, because it has the Ayruv in it. And the, the two other houses, if you thought of the setup as I have it drawn in front of me, then each of them is a passageway with respect to the Hatzel that is adjacent to it. And the passageway doesn't have sufficient privacy to require this Ayruv. So same example, but now instead of having three houses, we have two houses in the middle. You have Hatzel on the left, a house, another house, and then another Hasser on the right. Now, what happens is, Betchar, a place that doesn't have the privacy, it's, it's funny because on the one hand, it doesn't require Ayruv with something that's adjacent to it, but on the other hand, you know, you can't have it both ways. On the other hand, you cannot put the Ayruv there. So now, because each of these houses is a passageway with respect to the Hatser, then what, what that means is that the Ayruv, it invalidates the Ayruv put by the other Hatser. And, and because each of them is a Betchar, this Ayruv doesn't count. bet. Now, uh, slightly different subjects, what happens with the people inside the Hatser and how can the owners of the houses inside the Hatser invalidate a Ayruv setup for everyone else? If one of the inhabitants of the Hatser is moribund, is, is uh, about to die, even if it's clear that he's not surviving the day. Then this person, so long as he's alive, he needs to be included in the Ayruv or needs to um, uh, forego, forfeit a little bit of his reshut, uh, in, uh, as we explained in prior chapters. So to a minor, let's say a minor inherited the house and he now is two years old and he owns a house. That minor needs to be included in the Ayruv, even if that minor himself is not old enough to eat the Ayruv. So he's, let's say he's five months old, he's not eating bread yet, and they're, they're going to do bread, but because he's 
allowed to own property. He owns that property and he needs to be included in the Iruv. However, a traveler, someone who is living in a certain residence just temporarily, he doesn't need to be included in the Iruv, as was explained in Perek Bet Halacha Aleph. Halacha Yud Gimal. Now let's say a person lives in Haser A and decides to spend Shabbat in Haser B. Even if Haser B is adjacent to Haser A, if he has really meant to not come back to the first Haser during that Shabbat, and he doesn't need to be included in the Ayruv, and they can do Ayruv without this person. But this is all if the person that we are talking about is a Jew. But a non-Jew, even if you went to spend the weekend in another city, he actually does invalidate the Ayruv setup until we do what's done with Koim with the Ayruv, which is not to include them in the Ayruv. We may not include them in the Ayruv, but we may and we should symbolically buy the property or rent the property for the, from them for that Shabbat. So we have to do that. Why is that? Why is the Goy different? Because the Goy, uh, it, it doesn't have a notion of Shabbat like the Yehudi does, and therefore, it's not like before Shabbat, he thinks of Shabbat as one unit and he can decide before Shabbat like the EOD, okay, I'm not coming back to this place on Shabbat. An owner of a Haser that rented some of the houses of the Haser, let's say an apartment building, and the owner of the apartment building rented some of these apartments to others. And he left inside each of these apartments some property belonging to the landlord. Then, although these people have rented these units, they there still is property that belongs to the landlord in each of, in each of these houses, which is enough to make it clear that all of these properties are of the same owner, and therefore there is no need for Ayruv. Given that he has a little bit of a claim to the property inside each of these houses, then they are, uh, it's clear that, 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 that they are his, that they became like licensees with respect to him, and therefore it's all as if it's owned by one owner. It is owned by one owner. It's obviously owned by one owner, and there's no need for Ayruv. When are we saying this? When what was left inside uh, the house is something that is on Shabbat, meaning that nobody can take it and remove it from the apartment during Shabbat, like Tevel or Ashashiot. Ashashiot are are um, uh, pieces of, of metal that are mukseh, um, that are not keli. But if what is left inside each house is something that is not mukseh, you may move it on Shabbat. Given that these are removable on Shabbat, which would make him not have any claim to any 
part of the property of any in the, in each of these apartments. Then the, these tenants do have now a full claim to their property, and therefore they are discrete uh, landlords, if you want to call them that, or discrete dayarim, uh, uh, and then you need Iruv with them. Now, a slightly different subject again. What is considered part of the Haser? So let's say we have Haser A and Haser B. I want to know what belongs to Haser A and what belongs to Haser B. If you do Iruv among them, then that's fine. But if you didn't do any Iruv, this question becomes relevant. People, uh, inhabitants of a Haser that did not do Iruv, as we explained before, you may not transport things from inside the house to the Haser, if there is no roof, or from the Haser back to the house. But within the Haser itself, things that were there from before Shabbat, they may be carried throughout the Haser, just like inside the house, and uh, throughout everything that is considered part of the Haser. That's the subject of the next Anacha, by the way. And if you have now a different story, a different floor of that Haser, so this, this is very common again in apartment buildings, and each of these Floors did I rule just for themselves. Then the people from the top floor can carry throughout that top floor and everything that's considered part of that top floor. And the ones from the bottom floor can do so within their own floor. So too, if you have one individual living in one floor and one individual living in another floor, so you have an apartment building that has one apartment per floor, and they did not do Iruv between them. So each of them has their own floor to carry throughout it. Kesad. What does it mean, what does it mean that something is part of the Hasel or the Aliyah of a floor? So now we'll talk about topography, some topographical features that make something belong to one area or not. Hasela, a, a rock. Hotel, the Chayosebo, hotel is like a little mound of, of uh, soil. Shebedoche Hasel, inside the Hasel, so it's it's uh, it's tall enough to be a sela or to be or to be a, a um, it's tall enough that it's more than three tefahim because if it was less than three tefahim it's part of the floor. We have something between three and ten. That's what I think. It, I didn't see it anywhere, but anywhere, but this, this is what seems to me. If you want to read it differently. I'd be happy to discuss it later. So you have, again, let, let's set it up again. So you have, um, let's say, Abraham lives on the ground level, and Ishaq lives 
on the level above him, but it's not right above, it's not on top of him, it's just, uh, it's, so you, if, if you walk to the end of Abraham's property, then you have to climb some stairs and go up one floor and beyond to its huts property. So it's not one on top of the other, it's one next to the other, but they are of different levels, right? And you have right on that, by that wall that separates between the property of Isaac and the property of Abraham, you have this, uh, this tall thing, tall structure, whatever it might be. So if he doesn't have Tent Fahim, then it's neither here nor there. It's not of the bottom floor nor of the top floor. And therefore, those are, uh, are sufficiently separate from the, the bottom or from the top, and you may not take kalim from uh, the, the batim into them because these are like a twilight area. So, so I, I, I can obviously not, not bring anything from my house to its hack's house. I didn't have a roof. But what about something that's in between my house and its hack's house? That's the question here. And the answer is no, because it's not, it's not here nor there. If it does have 10 tefahim and less than 4 tefahim from the mirpeset, so it's closer to its hacks level, then it's part of the mirpeset and the mirpeset people can carry through it. However, if they were more than 4 tefahim far from the mirpeset, then they are sort of like um, unlinked, they are cut off from the Mirpeset for Tefahim or more. Even if they do have that requisite height that would have brought it within the height necessary for the Mirpeset, then it goes back to belonging to both the Hasar and the Mirpeset because they both can presumably use it by throwing stuff on it. And therefore, this is an area that is sufficiently hybrid between both that needs now an aruv. If there was a maseva, a uh, some sort of a little wall that that that's wide enough, so it has a width of four tefahim before the mirpeset, ena mirpeset osedet abenei haser. Then this mirpeset, um, so, so in this case, the mirpeset is not high enough to be separate from the Hasar Tentefahim, but there is some sort of a wall, some sort of a, a maseva. Then that is enough to separate, to distinguish between the mirpeset and the Hasar and not require a roof. Think of the same setup now of Itzhak and uh, Abraham and Itzhak. So you have the ground level, and then you have a level above that at the end of the ground level. And then the wall that starts that second level, the retaining wall of that second level, has zizin hayos ketalim. It has some protrusion, some things coming, some hooks or whatever coming from that wall. If it's under 10 tefahim, it belongs to the chaser, and the chaser can use it. If it's within the 10 tefahim 
that are closer to the level of the Aliyah, of the second floor, the second floor can use it. And anything that's more than ten tefachim from the ground, but more than ten tefachim also from the next floor, then both the top and the bottom floor are, are going to be forbidden to use it. This is the hybrid area that needs the aruv. You may not take things from the house and hang them in those hooks that are in between these two properties unless you have a roof. A well, something for water, that is in the middle of the haser. If it's full with things that are mukseh on Shabbat, like fruits that are tevel, or or um, or any other things, then it and its uh, its walls, its retaining walls around it, its border, its um, its edges, they are like a sela or a tell. You, you just you ignore the fact that this is a well because it's filled out with something that you cannot remove on Shabbat. And you just look at it like we examine the sela and tell in halacha uh, yodvav. If it, if it has a height of 10 and it's close to the Mirpeset, it's part of Mirpeset. However, if it's filled with water, then um, regardless of uh, its height, it's, uh, sorry, if, if it does have the height of 10 Tefahim and it's filled with water, then uh, it's the water that is high than tefahim, right? And the moment you empty the water, it's going to go down to have less than tefahim. So now its status is hybrid by virtue of the fact that potentially it's ten tefahim if nobody takes any water from it, but potentially it's less than tefahim and then it becomes part of the haser. And therefore it needs the iruv so that both can take water from it into the houses. You have now two haserot, one inside the other. So in order to get to the innermost one, you have to pass through the outside one. Okay, so if the penimit, if the innermost haser did aruv with its own residence, so the, the, the houses within that haser did aruv among themselves, then the, the, they can carry among themselves because they did aruv, but the, the, it doesn't it doesn't capture, it doesn't uh, include the outermost haser. If it's the opposite, if the outermost one did Ayruv and the innermost one didn't, then you would think that the outermost one can carry among the, the, its residents, but no, that's not the case, because the innermost one that constantly transits through the outermost, Haser, is going to invalidate it. It's going to make it as if it were a, a Bechar, and therefore, and therefore the, the Ayruv doesn't catch. 
מפני אלו שלא ערבו שעוברים עליהן. ערבה זו לעצמה וזו לעצמה, if each of them did their own ערוב, זו מוטלת בפני עצמה, וזו מוטלת בפני עצמה, that each of them can carry among its own residents, but they cannot carry from one to the other, אבל הם מטלטלים מזו לזו. הלכה כף, שכח אחד מן החיסונה ולא ערב, what happens if, so they both try to do their own ערוב, but one of the residents of the outermost one didn't do ערוב, wasn't included. then that means that the Eruv of the Chisona is invalid. So the innermost one continues being permitted because they have their Eruv. However, if what happened was one of the innermost one's residents did not do Eruv, then Their Eruv is invalid, and then we go back to the case of the innermost one not having, not having Eruv and the outermost one having Eruv, which means that none of them can carry because, uh, because of the ones that pass through it. We're going to summarize it in a very nice statement uh, in Halakha Kaf Gimal. If they both did one single Eruv to, to all of them, and they left it in the outermost one, and then one person forgot to join, forgot to be part of the Eruv, whether it was one of the residents of the outermost one or of the innermost one, it doesn't matter, the Eruv is invalid. They both are forbidden until what they can do is that person that forgot to be part of the Eruv He can uh, uh, forego his, his ownership of the common areas, which is Levatel. Uh, because we explain in Perek Bet that you may do so between one Hasel to the other, that one of them says, I hereby uh, forego to you my reshut for this Shabbat, but he will be forbidden to carry. Um, if they left the Aruv in, in the inner one, and one of the outer Hasel forgot and did not do Aruv, then the outer Hasel is forbidden to carry, and the inner one continues being permitted because it, it, it catches as though it's only Aruv for the Penimit. But again, if one of the innermost one was, was the one who is not, who is not uh, part of the Eruv, they are both forbidden unless he does Bitulas, which has explained. Now there is two Haserot and only one person per Haser. Then they no longer need to do Eruv. And each of them can carry within their own haser. So you have an inner haser, an outer haser, but you have only one house per haser, then each person can carry within his own haser. However, if the inner one was a goy, even though it's only one person, he's considered as though the same din as if there were many people within that Haser, 
ואוסר על החיסונה, and by virtue of his passing through the חיסונה, he makes the חיסונה's עירוב invalid, עד שיזכרו מקומו, until they rent uh, by uh, the minimum amount his property for that Shabbat. כף גימל. שלוש חסרות הפתוחות זו לזו ורבים בכל חסר מהן. Now we have three חסרות, uh, they are adjacent to each other, and each of them has multiple houses. הערבו שתיים החיסונות עם האמצעית, if the two outer ones, so there, there is a right one, the middle one, the left one. So the right one made Iruv with the middle one, and the, and the left one made Iruv with the middle one, but the right one did not do Iruv with the left one. היא מותרת עמהם, והן מותרות עמה, ושתיים החיסונות אסורות זו על זו על שיעשו שלושתן עירוב אחד. So they can each carry respectively uh, where they did that עירוב, so the left one can carry with the middle one, the middle one with the, with the right one, but not from the left to the right or the right to the left until they do עירוב that really includes all of them together. היה בכל חסר מהן אחד, if each of uh, the חסרות uh, had only one resident, same setup, but only one resident, even though the outermost one will have two residents going through it, because it has the middle one, let's say that the Rashut Rabim is at the, at the extreme right, so the right one just goes straight to the street. But the middle one and the left one have to go through the right one to go to the street. So that means Rabim, there is many people that pass through it. They don't need because each of them was permitted to carry from where they are coming. However, the moment that you have two people or more in the inner one, now that they have the prohibition of doing, of carrying without doing Iru, then they, they make the, the ones that are outside them, the other haserot, asurot, to carry within them, unless you have a iruv, unless they have a iruv themselves, the, the penimit one. And this is the rule, this is the rule that applies to all the alachot we just said. Regel ha'asura bimkomaha, oseret shelo bimkomaha. ורגל המותרת במקומה, אינה אוסרת שלא במקומה מפני שעוברת עליהן. If someone who is passing by was forbidden to carry where it started, then it's going to forbid the place it passes by, even though it's not the place where it's its own place. So that's the innermost one passing through the outermost one. However, if someone, someone's feet were, were uh, permitted to carry where they started, and now said they are not going to forbid the outer one just because they are passing through it. So you have two balconies overseeing the water and they used to use this to draw water from, from the, the lake or whatever into the houses, they have for that purpose. And they have a hole inside them to draw water with a bucket and bring it inside the house. 
אף על פי שעשת כל אחת מהן מכסה גבוהה, עשרת רווחים יורדת מכל אחת ואחת, so we explain in הלכות שבת that uh, they can make around them מכסות, and then they, that makes the whole area underneath them רשות היחיד, and permits them to take water from the lake into their houses. So even though they have that, but now we have another problem, we have two different owners for, for these two balconies, so we are not talking about רשות היחיד, it is רשות היחיד, but it, it may require a ערוב. הרי אלו אסורים למלות עד שיערבו שתהן ערוב אחד, מפני שהן כגסוס תרה אחת. So they are forbidden to fill up water from that lake until they both do ערוב, because they are considered as though they are sharing with different ownerships the same רשות היחיד. ואם היה בין העליונה והתחתונה יתר עשרה טפחים בעלבה זו לעצמה וזו לעצמה שתיהן מותרות למלות. However, if there more than ten טפחים uh, separate between them, then they now are not part of the same רשות היחיד, and, and, uh, and each of them has עירוב with their own house, because it's as if it were a חסר on top of another חסר, and therefore each of them can draw water Um, even though they occupy the same earth space as the other Kesus Tera, without having a roof between them. Halakha Kafhe. Lo asta ha'ilyona mechisa ve'asta tachtona, af ha'tachtona asura lemalot. If the mechisot that create the Rashut Ayahid are only made on the bottom one and not on the top one, then even the bottom one is forbidden to, to, to be to be male water because of the top one that it now, now cannot use the mechitot of the bottom one. Why? Because the, the, the top one, now the top one cannot uh, draw water on Shabbat and Uh, these holes, I, I forgot to mention, they, they, they are one on top of the other. Again, if you have the pictures of the Makbili edition, this is very, very clear. So you have uh, two uh, these uh, platforms, one on top of the other. At the bottom, there is a lake, and there is a hole that uh, is uh, really aligned on the top one, the top platform, and the bottom platform. The bottom platform has walls, which makes it because of God Asek. And, uh, but the top one doesn't, but the top one's bucket goes through the bottom one and therefore is forbidden to carry into the bottom one. If it's the opposite, the top one has a wall and the bottom one doesn't, then the top one can fill out water, but the bottom one may not. ואם השתתפו בני העליונה, התחתונה, בני העליונה במחצה שעשו, שתהן עשרות למלות עד שיערבו עירוב אחד. And if the, the wall is shared between them, then it becomes now one single, רשות היחיד, with more than one owner, and they need עירוב to be able to carry either of them, uh, because they are now sharing in דיורין. <coughs> שלוש דייתות זו למעלה מזו, now it's not כסוס תריות, it's דייתות, דייתות 
uh, are more uh, places where people actually live as opposed to Kesuf which are just platforms coming outside from the house where, where people live. And you have three of them, one on top of the other. So the, the bottom and the top one is uh, is uh, belongs to one person, to person A, and the middle one to person B. And again, uh, all of them, when they are aligned on top of the other, if we are talking about any holes through which buckets pass to fill up water, just understand the holes are also aligned. A person may not uh, pass a bucket from the top one to the bottom one through the middle one because you may not do so from one reshut to the same reshut but through a, sip, a different reshut. But he may do so if, if it's not through the middle one. So if they both belong to the same owner, you may transfer things from the top one to the bottom one, not passing through the middle one. Now you have, let's call it two apartments. Uh, there is a, a uh, some sort of a, an area, a courtyard between them. So the apartments are raised, they are tall, and the courtyard is ground level in between them. That you throw water uh, to it, that's where you, you dispose of water. So there is a common usage to that middle courtyard between these two apartments, and therefore they may not use it on Shabbat unless they have a roof between, among, between them. If, however, uh, one of the apartments, they carved a little bit, a little bit of a hole on their side of the courtyard, so that when they throw water, it goes to that hole, and the other ones did not. Those who created that little hole, they can throw water to that part, because it's as if it were only theirs. It's not only theirs, but visually, from the perception of the people, it's only theirs. They, don't, it, they are not exposed to the, to, 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 to the concern that maybe someone is going to see uh, different owners sharing in, in different areas, uh, which looks too much like Rashut Arabim. Um, but the ones that did not carve to themselves that little hole, they cannot use the, the, the courtyard until they uh, do Hairu. And if, if each of them did a little hole on their side of the courtyard, then each of them can use their own, can throw water to their side of the courtyard, even though they don't have the Ayruv. And with this, we finish chapter four.